Good morning and welcome to this part of our service. It's good to be here and I too want to welcome each and every one here and also those that uh, Brother Jason mentioned. It's good to have you here and it's a, uh, it's a wonderful privilege that we can, uh, we can join together and worship the Lord. I'm thankful for the faithfulness of God in my life personally this morning and I trust you are as well. And I just had to think this morning again of, of, the, th- of, of the things that we have to be thankful for. And um, I guess I, uh, what's in my heart and on my heart this morning uh, as far as a, as a theme of Thanksgiving or whatever in this little opening is I'm, I'm thankful this morning for our school and for our teachers. God bless you, Mr. Kenny, Ms. Jelena, and Ms. Christie, as you fill this ministry. It means a lot to us. You know, this is the work of the Lord. And um, I'm just amazed at how God has moved and worked and supplied in our school. I'm also thankful this morning for our youth leaders, for Dan and Lamar. Thank you for what you do. It means a lot to have a place for our children to go and be with their friends in a godly environment. And I guess I'm thankful this morning for our youth. Thank you for your friendship, for your faithfulness, for your testimony. It is the joy of every person, of parents, of leaders, of grandparents. And lastly, I'm thankful for you parents. You're a blessing. You're raising a family that is going to be the future of the church. God bless you in that. It is a worthy work. And do we realize how blessed we are? And I'm excited. You know, God is good. And I want to, I want to praise, praise his name today. There was a quote that I received this morning. And it said this, Ponder how valuable your soul must be for Satan to tirelessly pursue it and the king to lay down his own life for it. Think about that. How valuable your soul must be for Satan to relentlessly and tirelessly pursue it and the king to lay down his own life for it. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. O oh, my soul, for me be it Christ, be it Christ hence to live. If Jordan above me shall roll, no pang shall be mine, for in death as in life thou wilt whisper thy peace to my soul. But Lord, tis for thee, for thy coming we wait. The sky, not the grave, is our goal. O trump of the angel, O voice of the Lord, blessed hope, blessed rest of my soul. And Lord, haste the day when, my, when the faith shall be sight the clouds be rolled back as a scroll the trump shall resound and the lord shall descend even so it is well with my soul when other course goes it is well it is well with my soul it is well 
it is well with my soul. November of 2023 marks the 150th anniversary of when that hymn was written. And we know the tragic events of this man's life that led him to write this hymn. The writer, his name is Horatio Spafford. He lost his business. He lost his money. And he lost his children. Yet his testimony still rings through today. It is well with my soul. What's on my heart this morning is the subject of peace. And I've titled the message, When Peace Like a River. What is your testimony this morning in relation to peace? Am I at peace? Are you at peace? Peace with God. Peace with man. This morning, if you have a piece of paper and a pen, write out your personal definition of peace. What is it? What is peace to you personally? What does it mean? The dictionary defines it as freedom from disturbance, quiet tranquility. It also defines it as the end of hostility. Peace is a ceasefire. Peace is people getting along. Peace is a state of tranquility or quiet. This is dictionary definitions this morning, but what is your definition of peace? This morning, dear people, peace is not the absence of trials. It is the presence of God. Turn with me for a text verse to Isaiah 26, verse 3, a well-known verse. Isaiah 26 and verse 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. We've heard before, I'm sure, of the two artists who were given the task of writing or of painting a picture of what peace looks like. The one artist painted a beautiful sunset over a smooth, tranquil sea. Beautiful, calm, amazing picture. The second one painted a raging waterfall. And tucked underneath the raging foam was a little tiny nest with a mama bird sitting on it with their eggs underneath of her. What is peace to you personally? Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in, he, in, in thee. A writer has said this about this verse. This here, the matter of a promise. Thou wilt keep him in peace. In perfect peace. Inward peace. Outward peace. Peace with God. Peace of conscience. Peace at all times. Under all events. This peace shall he be put into and kept in possession of. Whose mind is stayed upon God. Because it trusts in him. It is the character of every good man that he trusts in God, puts himself under his guidance and government, and depends upon him. Those that trust in God must have their minds stayed upon him. Must trust him at all times, under all events. Must firmly and faithfully adhere to him with an entire satisfaction in him, and such as do so. It says, God will keep in perpetual peace. 
and that peace shall keep them. When evil tidings are abroad, it says this, we should calmly expect the event and not be disturbed by frightful apprehensions arising from them whose hearts are fixed, trusting in the Lord. Friends, this morning it's not too much to say that we are living in a time of change. This country is changing. This world is changing. We are changing. Our church is changing. There is change on every aisle of the store. It says here, this writer says, we should calmly expect the event and not be disturbed by frightful apprehensions arising from them. And I don't know how much of you are keeping up with world events and things that are going on. And I'm not really going to dwell on that this morning. But you know, just the knowledge that there could be something that could make you or I say something that we never said. And I can't remember the right terminology, artificial intelligence maybe. It's scary. It's disturbing. But it's not bigger than God. It shouldn't affect our peace. I would like to take you now back to Isaiah chapter 9. Pray for me if you think of it. I've got a headache that won't let me go this morning. I'm not sure what it is, but pray for me if you will. Isaiah 9 and verse number 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Let's say it all together. The Prince of Peace. That's who we have to go to this morning as we think about this. Turn now to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Verse 16, And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity, Thereby, and verse 17 it says, And came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, That God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. God is the God of peace. He calls for peace. He requires peace. He approves of peace. Is it a part of my life personally? It's been said that peace and order, not confusion and tumult, prevail in all churches that deserve to be called the church of the saints. That's not Bible, that's a quote. But think about that personally in the church that you're a part of. It should prevail in all churches that deserve to be called churches of the saints. We've got a lot of scripture to cover this morning, so we're going to read Fast and find them quickly. Philippians 4 and verse 7. Philippians 4 and 
Philippians 4 verse 7 is a verse that only a Christian can believe, understand, and be a part of. And the peace of God, thank you, Rose. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God that passeth, it exceedeth, it goes beyond any understanding. The peace of God comforts and encourages the mind and the heart. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. And I don't know the correlation here of peace and thankfulness, or peace and ruling, but is peace ruling your heart and your life this morning? A peaceable spirit, a person that keeps peace and makes peace, Hebrews 12, 14, turn turn to that with me, if you will. Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 14. I love this verse, but this verse comes with a challenge. It comes with with uh, with a doing. It comes with a, with effort. Verse 14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. I like the idea of following peace or maybe even chasing it or hunting it, looking for it. It says, without which no man shall see the Lord. You know, does the people that we come in contact with each and every day, do they see peace radiating out of our life? I can well remember the neighbors of my parents where they used to live over there in Lake Butler. They would come and visit mom and dad and they would say it's so peaceful here. And if you've been to my parents' place, you know what they're talking about. There's there's, There's peace. Another challenge we find is in 2 Peter 3 and verse 14. And as I and I study this, and as I as we read this, we begin to see a picture and a package that peace is not optional. Second Peter three and verse number fourteen says, "Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, or pay attention, that ye may be found in Him in peace, without spot, and blameless." Let's pay attention. Let's be diligent. Let's put some effort in to being peaceable. One of the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. In peace with each other. In peace with those we deal with as much as lieth in you, according to Scripture. Psalm 4 and verse 8. Psalm 4 and verse 8 says this. It says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. 
It's been said that most men lie down and most sleep daily, for without rest and sleep, life could not be preserved. But it says, alas, how few lie down in peace, peace with their own conscience and peace with God. Have you, do you know what it's like to lay down and try to go to sleep when something's on your heart, something's on your mind? And maybe it's something you can do nothing about. Maybe it's a personal struggle or maybe a sin. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. And I would like to think through that thought because we're going to go to some things to help us get our peace back if we lose it. Now I want to go through some other verses here. Psalm 29, 11. Psalm 29, 11, it says that the Lord will give strength unto his people. And it says the Lord will bless his people with peace. We have this theme starting to weave through this that our peace and God have a direct correlation. The Lord will give strength. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Psalm 37, 37. A few more psalms back here. <clears throat> Mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace. 119, 165 says, Great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. You know, we live in a world of offense. We live in a world of being offended easily. It's something I can struggle with. It don't even have to be a word. It can be just the way someone maybe looks at me or their attitude or their expression. Great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Peace is a product of a true Christian. It's a result of living for God in every detail of life. Isaiah 54, 13. Isaiah 54, 13 says this. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of thy children. All thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Back in the New Testament, John 14. John 14 and verse 27. It says this. This is the words of Jesus. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Then it says this, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Words of Jesus, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Another quote, this is a peace that brings unconstrained confidence and covers you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. This morning as you pursue peace, we need to have an unconstrained confidence in the Prince of Peace. 
Another challenge we have is in Romans chapter 14. Now this one gets pretty close home. Romans 14 and verse 19 says, Let us therefore follow after things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. You know, this journey of peace is not a journey we can be on alone. We need each other. We need the church. We need the brotherhood. We need to follow after the things that make for peace. You know, if we could just get a hold of our place in God's kingdom and stay out of other people's places, follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. I love the thought of peace following along after exhortation and encouragement and being there for each other. Brotherhood. <clears throat> so we have a groundwork laid out here. We have been encouraged. We have been commanded. We have acknowledged the Bible says that we're to be a people of peace. But there's dangers that we face this morning that rob us of our peace. Have you ever had your peace snatched out of your life? Has your peace ever been shaken? Has it been taken? Have you lost it? Proverbs or uh, Psalms 10. I'm going to go back to the book of Psalms. But I believe this morning, dear people, and I can speak from personal experience, that when we let pride creep into our lives, our actions, our motives, our thoughts, that it is a sure way to lose our peace. Psalm 10 and verse 2 says, The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined. For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire and blesseth the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth. The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Now maybe you look at that verse and you say, well... I can just wad that up. It doesn't have anything to do with me. Pride, covetousness, seeking after things other than God. It is easy to fall into this. And I tell you from experience. Proverbs writer says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. Only by pride cometh contention. That is the opposite of peace. It says, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. We know that pride is sin. We know that pride is ugly. We know that pride has taken many, 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 many people down. And the Bible says in Isaiah 48, 22, that there is no peace saith the Lord unto the wicked. We have a king in the book of Daniel that I want to look at. And I'm sure all of us 
know who this king is. And I'm sure the children have, have read about him in Sunday school from little up. I know I can still remember in Sunday school trying to color the picture of this story. And it was not a very pretty picture. Daniel 4 and verse 30, it says this, The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou knowest that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird claws. Is not this great Babylon that I have built have you ever breathed those words or thought that thought? Look at me. Look at what I did. Look at what I'm capable of doing. Look at how terrible everybody else is doing it. You know, pride was the downfall of this great king. His success took him down. And it took him down to a level that none of us can really relate to. Yet I believe this morning it's so easy to find myself in this same trap of pride of who I am and what I've done and what I can do. Do we load our lives up with things that pull us down? Are there things in our life that we allow that pulls us down spiritually and we end up with no peace? We know that it can be a very minor thing that can shake our peace, at least for me. Little thing can rob us of the peace of God and leave us in guilt and fear. It can be a wrong word, a wrong attitude, a wrong thought. It can be so little, yet so massively big. May we guard carefully our motives and our actions. May we guard our reactions to things and people that God brings into our lives. Another thing we face that will take our peace is found in Revelations chapter 2 and verse number 4. The words of Jesus again is said here, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thee thy first love. You know, this church here of Ephesus, it was a good church. And it was a great church and it was a fine church in many ways. But it needed to repent because it had lost its first love. Love for God, love for truth. You know, they were on target in many ways. But they simply did not have the proper love and proper view of Almighty God. Something else had crawled in there. 
And you can study that church and find out exactly what it was. That's not our sermon this morning. But what a tragedy that something had got between their first love. They had come from worshiping dead gods to worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder, personally, if I ever get swept up in worshiping a dead God. What takes my time? What takes my energy? What takes my money? What do I believe in? What is first? Our love for God and our love for each other is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. It's more than worshiping dead gods. It's more than pursuing anything. It says in Matthew, Jesus says in Matthew twenty-two forty. it says on these two commandments, saying all the law and the prophets. Who or what is first in my life? Who or what is second in my life? Remember, this is what takes our peace. God first, our neighbor second. May we not lose our love and may we keep our peace. Another danger we have, Romans chapter 12. Romans 12 and verse 21, it says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Have you ever been in a situation? Maybe it was a struggle. Maybe it was a relationship that blew apart and fell apart. Maybe it was, you put it in the blanks, where you felt like giving up, stopping, quitting. How we say sometimes, throw your sucker in the dirt, you're done. We have this idea here in Romans 12, 21 to be not overcome, overtaken, overshadowed, controlled, ruled, my words, of evil. But overcome, overshadow, conquer evil with good. Stop being conquered by what is evil. Start conquering evil with what is good. Drown. We have the idea of drowning evil in good. First Timothy 5.22 says, Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partakers of another man's sin. Keep thyself pure. What a message. What a time to live in. A time of indecency. A time of immorality. A time of, of total disregard. For modesty. For purity. Keep thyself pure. Let's go back to Proverbs 3. I know we're running out of time. Bear with me. Proverbs 3. In <clears throat> verse 31. Proverbs 3 in verse 31. It says this. Envy thou not the oppressor. And choose none of his ways. You know. <clears throat> envy. And jealousy are a danger that will take our peace that fast.
wanting what someone else has or not liking them because they have it. It says here to envy thou not the oppressor and choose none of his ways. 1 John 2.11 says, But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Warning against hating our brother. It tells us that we will not know which way to go. We won't know how to walk. We're blind. And that is not a picture, dear friends, this morning of peace. The Bible also says in 1 John 2.15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. There's a lot packed into those three verses. Read them. Write it down. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Love not. Love not. The world or the love of the Father will not be in you. This is warnings we can't ignore as Christians. These things will rob us of our peace. May we be open to communicate with God. Communicate with each other. Build a family. Build an accountability. Build whatever you can build. To stay strong. And not let the evil rob us of our peace. Have you lost your peace this morning? Are you seeing warning signs in your life or my life that peace has departed? What is there to do? What can we do to get it back? Well, the first thing that I want to tell you is, is you're probably not alone. You're not the only one that's had to struggle with this. But there is a way back. We need the arms of brothers and sisters in our church. We need close communication. We need support. We can't do it alone. Never, never close the doors of communication with your church family. I had a brother this week ask me, what can I do for you? Let's be free to share what we can do for each other. You know, sometimes if we lose our peace, we need to simply turn around and go the other direction. We are wrong. We are headed down a wrong path. And we need to turn around. The church at Ephesus had to repent. Dear people, that is probably the best place to start to gain in our peace is to repent. Remember the author of peace is Jesus Christ. He is the first step back. First, or 2 John 1, 3, Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son, of Fa the Son of the Father, in truth and in love. Turn with me now back to our text, Isaiah 26. <clears throat> Isaiah 26, it says this, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You know, if we can fix our minds and have them stayed on Christ, 
peace can become a reality, an experience. It can become who we are. Let's have our minds stayed on Christ. Let's have our thoughts, let's have our motives, our actions. Let's run our life through this verse. Everything. Let it be stayed on Christ. One more verse I'd like you to turn to. 2 Corinthians 13. Second Corinthians, I'm sorry, yeah, Second Corinthians 13, verse 11, it says this. Words of Jesus must be Colossians. Maybe it's First Corinthians 11. It's words of Jesus, though. I'll just read it. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace be with you. I guess that's not the words of Jesus, but it's, he was the author of it. It was read on my notes. Finally, brethren, 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Finally, brethren, at the end of the day, when, 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 this, when this is over, farewell, be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. That, my friends, this morning is exciting. That is what we can end this day on. We can move past this day. We can be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind. We can live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Remember, remember, peace is not the absent of strife. It's the presence of Jesus in our life. Shall we stand together for prayer? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this wonderful privilege and opportunity to worship you today. Lord, we thank you for each one that has gathered here this morning. We thank you that we can each hold the inspired words that you have left for us. Lord, there is nothing in life that we will ever face that's not an answer for in this word. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to you knowing that you know everything about us. Lord, you know our struggles and our trials. Lord, you know that, the, that the, uh, the strongholds of pride, the negative influence of evil, and all the things that we deal with and battle with. Lord, we know that you know what this is like because you have told us that you were tempted in all points like as we, we were, yet without sin. Lord, I pray that you'd bless us with renewed courage and strength to live in peace, to be at peace among each other, to pursue peace, to follow peace and to give everything we got to find peace. Lord, thank you for answering prayer. Lord, I want to lift again this morning our school and our school teachers to you. Thank you, Lord, for them. Thank you for their willingness to sacrifice hours and hours of time, evenings and Saturdays, preparing mentally, spiritually, to teach our children. I pray a blessing, Mr. Kenny, Miss Christie, and Miss Jillian. Bless them, Lord, with abundant peace, abundant grace and strength. Lord, I want to bring our youth leaders to you this morning, Lamar and Nina and Danny and Miriam, as they minister to our young people and as they provide activities for them that promote the growth of peace in our churches, as they 
do activities together, play games, sing, minister to those shut in, whatever it may be, Lord. There's things to work together and do in the pursuit of peace. Lord, this morning I'm going to bring our youth to you. Each and every one of them here this morning. You know their needs. You know their hearts. You know their desires. You know their peace. May you bless them with strength, courage, and victory to live in peace. Bless them as they minister to those that look up to them, their younger brothers and sisters or other youth. Be very, very near to them. Pray, Lord, for each parent here this morning and each little child that may be on their lap. May you bless them with wisdom from above. There is so much that is caught from little up in the lives of these young ones. May you bless the parents with peace. Bless our church with peace. Bless our community, our country. Be with those this morning who know no peace. May we be faithful where you've called us. Bless this day, Lord. Bless our time together afterwards in the fellowship. May you bless those who are of our group who are not able to be with us this morning. Keep and supply their needs according to thy will. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.